The Grappling Hour is brought to you by Ludagear, athletic support items created by grapplers for grapplers. Fire Grub Meal Prep. Meal Prep. Done right. What's up, everybody? It's your good friend, Rafa Sparza, saying hello on this beautiful Sunday. I know you normally don't see us on Sundays. Normally, I'm off going to train. I'm taking care of myself. I'm running errands. I try to have an occasional life here and there. But today, I'm happy to tell you, uh, we had a guest who uh, reached out to us, and I've wanted to follow up with him. But you know what? Our schedules both work for today. So I thought, if you're going to watch the Golden Globes, that's cool. This is a pre-show that's way better. You actually get a guest that you want to hear, and you want to hear what his thoughts are, unlike most of those people. But here's why I'm excited about this gentleman. Uh, since we've last spoken with him when he did an amazing seminar over at 10th Planet Van Nuys, uh, he's released like another DVD, I believe. He's been doing seminars. He's been crushing it. But we're going to hear all about the opening of his brand new academy out in Yorba Linda. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to welcome back our good friend, Brent Littell. Brent, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Would you like to know what I'm wearing today since it's the Golden Globes? <laughs> you know, I'd like to ask him more. I'd like to know <laughs> a little bit more about it. But but sure, what? who are you wearing today, sir? I I am wearing an Under Armour sweatshirt and Target's finest sweats. So um, my stylist put this together for me. It's in honor of Kanye. Well, thank um, you. And I'm doing great otherwise. Um, I'm actually here sitting at my academy right now. I think if I, it's kind of, we're getting the final touches ready. And, um, you know, it's going to be opening day tomorrow. So we're really excited. Okay, because I thought I saw that you guys were doing like a soft opening, like a, just kind of like the academy was opening, but the grand official opening is tomorrow, right? So we've got a couple types of openings we've done. We're real <laughs> tricky here. So while we were under construction, um, the mats were done. So I invited friends and family who wanted to train mm. to come here and train, and we train three times a week. Okay. And then tomorrow we're open officially to the public. So that's going to be our soft opening. Okay. Once we once we hit about 50 members, 5-0, we will, which I think should be by the end of the month, I'm hoping, um, we will then bring Saulo Kibero out and we're going to do a grand opening with wow. a seminar. That's cool. Yeah, so we've got a lot of openings. Well, I mean, it's not uncommon. Um, I've, uh, in the past, when I've wanted to go to openings for friends of our show or friends of the Academy or people who we know, uh, you know, my favorite thing that I've told people is I go, hey, man, I'm, I'm going to miss your opening. And their response has been uh, multiple times. Oh, it's cool. You just come to the next uh, opening. Yeah. And it usually confuses me where I go, wait, the next one. How many times are you going to open, dog? You got to have a lot of events planned. You got to you got to build, you know, and I'm going to have an open house between uh, this this soft opening and a grand opening. So people can just stop by and take a look at the gym and so forth you know you got event planning it's got a whole bunch of facets to it so 
Absolutely. You know, Brent, uh, it was so funny. I went back and I went to listen to our last interview. And it's so nice to me when I get to follow up with friends of our show and friends of the podcast who go out and when I was last speaking to you, you were talking about opening it up. And there was the hope. You didn't want to jinx anything. You were saying, hey, man, you know, lease is looking good. Everything's looking good. That was a few months ago. Can you kind of fill us in on what's been going on in those months since uh, that kind of gets you to here? Yeah, a lot of hard work. I'll tell you that. I don't think I've I've had a day off since, not even Christmas. But um, (laughs) we signed our lease. And then once our lease was signed, we had to get a contractor in here. We got a place that we used to be a curves, you know, the women's fitness centers. Mm -hmm. and it had been empty for six years. And so it needed a ton of work. So we got some contractors in here to redo the floors, the the pipes, the everything you can think of. And we kept finding more and more problems with it, um, which was our responsibility. So we worked on the construction end. And we actually have two showers as well. So we got uh, our tankless water heater put in. So that was a real big coup for us. Um, and then I've been... Uh, once we got our mats built, actually our mats are a great part of our facility. We ended up building a platform mat. Okay. So we have underneath our mats, we have tatami mats. And then underneath that is uh, two layers of plywood that uh, are nailed together. And then below the plywood that's touching the floor is these is like called high ballistic uh, styrofoam blocks. Mm. And these blocks, we put 49 of them on each piece of plywood, 49 or 45, I got to remember my math i think it's 49 um, pieces on each uh piece of plywood so that when you land on our mats it's not just tommy and then the floor you have a cushion underneath you it's not too springy where it feels unrealistic and you feel like you're going to roll your ankle um but it has enough give that when you fall that uh, that was like a three-week undertaking to build because i'm not a carpenter nor is my partner in my gym so we were just kind of learning on the go we had some help from a friend uh Opiano Malakias, who runs uh, a Gracie Baja down in Texas so he kind of he had done this before and he gave us a bunch of tips so we built that and then I've just been living at Ikea and Home Depot um, <laughs> ever since and I've been to both of them today and last week and the week before um, and then I'm starting my promotional stuff too so it is a it is a Herculean undertaking to open an academy, you know, it's everyone's dream and they're like, oh, I want to open my academy. And they imagine you just kind of like get mats and open your doors, but you got to deal with the city, you got to get the lease, you got to negotiate with different mat companies, digital marketing companies. You have so many facets just to get the door open. You know, it's, it's really been a surprise at every little step along the way. And there's this thing, it's called optimism bias. Um, it's when you, Construction is very rampant with it. It's where you think, oh, this little project's going to take two weeks, and it ends up taking six. And it's not because they're trying to scam you, but it's literally you just don't understand how large of an undertaking even small things are. So that's kind of what I've been dealing with now is my optimism bias. I thought we'd be open much earlier, but it's just been, you know, think uh, our power didn't work. We had that took a while to fix. Our... Uh, it was just a, one thing after another. When you say your power didn't work, what was that day like? Because you can probably prepare yourself for a number of things, but it's kind of hard to operate without power. Yeah. Uh, well, luckily, so we I brought in an electrician, and they're like, no, it's nothing. All of your wires are good. You know, they checked our wires. So it ended up being something that would 
coming from the street into our gym. Um, and, and so then it was to, we had to figure out who has to pay for that, the landlord or Edison. And so then there was that debate. And then I was just happy we weren't paying for it. But it, it was scary. They turned it back on and then half of it didn't come on again. And it was it was a whole to do. So it's now now all our lights are working. So that's exciting. <laughs> and um, computers are working and everything. If, if something doesn't work out, though, you can always brand that and just be like, yo, we're doing cosmic rolling, guys. Oh, dude, or yeah, or we could do the blind rolling thing. It's oh, like you need no. to you need to feel jujitsu. <laughs> I'm just still laughing because uh, you know, uh, Bird Box has been this huge thing, and I've seen yeah, I saw that. all the the memes that Netflix is like, who put that together? Um, but then you see uh, Bird Box boxing, and I thought, well, we've reached peak meme. Bird Box boxing, Bird Boxing, S- two guys. Put the blindfolds on and are just swinging at each other and a ref is coming around. And I don't know that he's refereeing more than just enjoying a front seat to the shit show that is people swinging on each other. So obviously it's done in jest, but it's also to that point where you just look at it and you say, oh God, this is, this is where we're at, huh? Okay. There's nothing, there's, once you put something out into the ether... (laughs) Uh, people will follow it. I, you remember there was that football movie uh, called The Program from the 90s? Yes, yes. It's an awesome movie. Absolutely. I love that movie. Latimer shooting up uh, in his dorm room. And they had a scene in it where the one of the football players l- laid down in the middle of the street on, like, the yellow lines wow. and let the cars drive past him, right? It was a kind of game of, like, uh, of who has courage. Well, yeah. lo and behold, you put that in the movie. Kid does it gets run over when someone's switching lanes and doesn't see him. And then it was a Disney movie, actually, I believe. Yeah. And they, had, they pulled that scene from theaters. And yeah. you can't, yeah, I don't think you can get a cut of it now. It's somewhere on YouTube, I'm I sure. Just, I like the fact that uh, Netflix had to put out a statement. And whoever's running their social media is pretty good. But they said, I can't believe I have to say this, but please don't do the Bird Box Challenge. And there was another person responding underneath that's like, yo, don't listen to them. That's this way that they're trying to get you to look outside again. And I said, listen, Internet, y'all have to stop for a second because um, I I don't know that I believe in humanity's ability to uh, not be stupid for a little while. I do want to show this. You won't be able to see this, but hopefully the people at home can, which is I got this over from your Instagram. So hopefully this will take us to a picture in picture. But Go picture in picture. So this is actually uh, from your Instagram where you were kind of showing the mats and it shows a little bit of the paneling, the multiple rooms. I think it's pretty dope that you were able to say that you were able to get, um, what was it, your own water pump that was put in there for the shower? Oh, yeah, the, the tankless water heater. Yeah. Okay, so that means fair. that there's never – we never run out of uh, hot water. So there's always this fear mm-hmm. when you're at an academy that has a shower and you want to – wrap up rolling the fastest to get in there and get the hot water sure and then if you know if you're the fourth guy in there you're taking a cold shower yep so we have a never-ending supply of hot water because with tankless it just i don't know how the magic how it works i i assume it looks it's like the radiator of a car but in reverse okay um and the water comes from the it it gets pumped in through the the regular water system goes through these series of coils that heats it up and you just never run out of hot water. Dude, that's amazing. And you know what? It's kind of weird, but 
you know, I've joked about the possibility of doing uh, a skit where you pick the people you train with kind of like you would like a, a dating app where you're like, nah, nah. Oh, yeah. I know Send for it. sure that people, when they come to train, go, shower? Oh, I'm going to have to swipe the other way. So th- that's a huge commodity, especially for a gym. I know, uh, you know, especially if I have to go report somewhere else, sometimes I just can't go to a gym unless I shower because I'm like, listen, I got to go be a functional human adult somewhere else. So yeah, that's a huge get. Once we kick off our morning classes, those like 6 a.m., 6.30 a.m. classes, that's going to be gigantic. We're not quite there yet. We're going to do more night classes at first and build up so that I'm not showing up here at 6.30 a.m. and twiddling my thumbs. Sure. But once those get rolling, uh, people can come here, train, and then get ready to go out to work. Absolutely. I have to – okay, so let's catch up on where we left off on a few things. So mm-hmm. number one, uh, you're opening this gym. You mentioned that you didn't have much of a Christmas, but that also makes me worry. When you're opening up your own gym – how much does that affect your own training? For well, yeah, for me it hasn't affected it much. I still would train. Uh, so I was running those free classes, and then I pretty much don't go a day without training. Um, I train every day, and I was going down to San Diego to train with uh, Salo and Shanji. So I've been getting in a lot of training. The difference is is the way that you train. So when you're the instructor you are allowing people to do things to you. Like if I taught a move of the day and I see somebody get in that position, mm-hmm. well, then I'm going to let them do it to me. I'm not rolling to win as much. I'm rolling right. to teach. So that affects it a lot. Um, you know, I'm sure that in the future, I mean, I've taught jujitsu for so many years that I think that um, it, it won't make a difference for me, but some people just kind of start hating jujitsu and want to take a break and don't really want to roll, just show a move and hop off the mat. But it's been in my life for so long. And I I mean, I used to teach two to three privates a day for many years for like five days a week. So that's not me. And I'd still get my rolling in. That's good. Okay. Now, you mentioned uh, Solo and there was a, a gym split. So what happened? How did that take place? And what are some of the details? Because uh, it, it is always something that I'm sure comes down to a little bit of business, a little bit of everything. So curious how that took place. Absolutely. Um, I forget I'm on the phone. I'm here picking my nose. You guys can see it. (laughs) So I was with, uh, I've been with a couple teams. I mean, I've had a long career in jiu-jitsu, about 20 years. So uh, I started with Carlson Gracie team and then I went over to Eddie Bravo because I wanted to learn no gi. And then I went to Gracie Baja because I wanted to learn gi after I got my black belt from Gracie or from Eddie. I was like, man, you know, I'm kind of missing out. So I was with Baja for a bunch of years and I was trying to open a gym with them for two years to be exact and the issue had nothing to do with Baja themselves it actually had to do with their success Mm -hmm. they have so many gyms in the Southern California area that um, there was no space left for me to open one you know each gym gets a certain radius around them where no other Bajas can open and so when you pull the map out in Southern California there's these like tiny little slivers of area uh, that are left for a Baja and those areas are not don't have any space available for a gym. So it came this to this point where I was like, man, you know, um, I need to open a gym. This has been my life dream, but I'm not going to have the opportunity. I'm not going to move out of California. So um, I needed to find a new team, but it wasn't, it was a no brainer for me. 
I had always been gigantic fans of Salo and Shanji, and uh, I'd been to their seminars. I owned their book. I owned their DVDs. I was a member of BJJ Library, and I had studied their game. So <clears throat> I decided I was going to try and you know join their team, which wasn't an easy feat. Um, some people are just like, "Hey, where's your check?" And you know you can join up. But they like they wanted to make sure I was like legit with my jujitsu, and they put me through some ringers, you know, and. And just, uh, I was going down there and training with them all the time. And I remember Shanji was, or not Sasha, Salo was rolling with me. Um, and I think we had 10 minute rounds going. And so the, the buzzer goes and then he's like, no, we're not stopping. And then the buzzer goes for the second 10 minutes. He goes, no, we're keep, we're going. And it's like 30 minutes later and he's finally like, all right, you can stop. So, um, I had to learn their systems. I, you know, I took, uh, I did an eight hour private with, uh, Salo to show me a lot about their teaching style. And I've been going down there every week for about seven months. So uh, to get information and train and so forth. And then uh, once they gave me the okay, it was like, all right, like I'm gonna fight. It took me two months, I found a location, signed the lease and was ready to go. But so it wasn't about like, oh, I don't like Baja. Like all those dudes are still my friends and I still got love for my professors over there and stuff like that. It's just, uh, one of those situations where I there was not opportunity. They were so successful, they left no opportunity for me. And to be honest, I'm really happy. I'm not happy to to leave friends behind, but I'm happy because um, Salo and Shanji have changed my game so much just in the time I've trained with them that um, I'm just so excited to share their method with the world. I have to say, there's. I mean, I'm glad that it ended in a respectful and everybody's kind of cool with each other way. Um, because there's so much of your background that I feel like your openness to understand different games gives you such a cool perspective in seeing jiu-jitsu from a spectrum. And I know that so many people get caught in having one or two things or, you know, they have their niche that they really don't go out of or they have to redo it way late uh, in their jiu-jitsu careers. So in doing so, though, do you have something that you would say to those individuals who maybe are ever curious to maybe cross train or who are looking to kind of get that kind of information? Do you have any advice for those people? Um, I always tell people to, to go for it. Um, it. The only issue being that there are certain teams that don't let you do that. And I, I feel bad for people stuck. Like, let's say you live in... Uh, a rural area and there's one gym and you want to go train at another gym two hours away. Um, and they don't, you know, if they find out they'll disown you, that sucks. Sure. But oh, it's just always go out and learn. Like nobody has the market cornered on great jujitsu and everybody, even the great players have so many different styles. Like you look at Marcelo's style versus Hodger's style versus, um, Tanquino style versus, you know, it's like, it's like, Whereas Rafael Lovato, Rafael, sorry. Um, it's like you have so many dudes out there with with great jiu-jitsu. You're doing yourself a disservice not going out and getting that information. And to be honest, if you're at an academy where they don't want information, um, you're. It's. I would tell you not. I mean, I'm not going to tell anyone to leave their academy, but like, go do your own thing secretly. Then go train secretly with people because that's that's how it gets done. It's funny. I was it. I was at the University of uh, Jiu-Jitsu down in San Diego, Salo and Shanji's place. Uh, well, I was there yesterday, but I was there last week. And Shanji pulls me aside. He's like, show me this rubber guard thing. 
You know, I have one, I have the greatest. I mean, you know, when you look at his accolades, you, some some can argue, and I know that like, uh, what's that website with it? BJJ Heroes argues mm. that he's the best jujitsu player to have lived. When you look at all of his accolades, right? Mm. When you put together how many uh, world championships he's won, how long his career, it, Abu Dhabi, Pan Ams, all that. And I have the greatest jiu-jitsu player in the world coming up to me. And he's like, hey, show me this. <laughs> and Salo's like, I want you to do a lockdown seminar here so we can we can learn the lockdown. So it's one of those things where even they're like, hey, we want, you know, we want to learn it. So if if the guys who are the best in the world are still have that open mind, I feel like you should you, if you're like some hobbyist, shouldn't have a closed mind. Well, it makes me so happy to hear because I mean you've you've had a long uh, journey into jiu-jitsu and for you to be even having breakthroughs at a time where so many people could be burnt out is such a positive uh you know it's goals you know when they say relationship goals that's like black belt goals you know yeah. to still be wanting to learn and and um open-minded enough to be like all right cool oh man i just totally changed the way i do this shoulder pra- or pressure or or this oh, yeah. or this passing um because there are a few things that i am familiar with with both Shanji and and Solo, and uh, that's why it's funny that you mentioned when they were like, "Oh, don't worry about the timer," because years ago Lovato told me a story where he was like, "Yeah, dude, before we knew it, it's like an hour and a half, and that's pretty routine for us." And I was like, "An hour and a half of rolling, dude!" Like, I just I, at the time I was like, it just blew my mind. I was like, I couldn't see it then. Since yeah. then, I've become to be like, no, I've had those rolls where I'm like, has it been forty minutes? Yeah. What did we do? Um, <laughs> but for those guys who know each other so well uh, and who roll like that, I was like, yeah, no, that, that does check out and that does make sense. So He wants to see uh, when it was happening after he said, like, the first round timer went off. I was like, he wants to see how deep a water he can take me into, yeah. you know, and if I'll drown or if I'll still fight to get my head above water. So yeah. I was like, kind of got up and I was like, I know right afterward. I was like, I knew it was up too, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because I'm usually the guy that initiates that last role of like, I'll tell my friends, uh, there's one of my buddies who I train with, you know, it's he and I will work together and I'll look at him and I go, all right, it's the last role. I don't like you. You don't like me. Don't put a timer on. I just, I don't want, I'm going to eat tonight really is what's happening. Yeah. And I don't want to feel like I didn't do this to eat what I want to eat. Uh, and he always laughs. So it's a good little exercise to do. I definitely uh, get into that. So, okay, so you do that. You notice that there are some uh, modifications and some training. Obviously, you're getting into the thick of the marketing side of things. So oh, you're yeah. out in Irvine, correct? I live in Irvine and my gym's in Yorba Linda. Okay, so that that is a little bit of traveling. It is. Uh, eventually, um, um, not eventually, but I'm stuck in a lease on a place. So got to wait till that's up to move gotcha. out here. My, cause my wife works right here in near Yorba Linda too. Awesome. I mean, I'm, I'm familiar. I grew up in Hacienda Heights. It was a okay. skip and a jump away from me. So that's why I, every time I see all these academies, the part of me that lived in that area about 15 years ago is always like, really? They're opening up down the street now. 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 Yep. Cool. Thanks, guys. Really happy to hear that for, for everybody who's going to get super good at jiu-jitsu at a younger age uh, while my body is slowly decompressing on me. Uh, so as you're doing that, um, are you doing like what if I'm interested in taking your classes or doing stuff like that? How does that process go for you? 
Uh, you talk about the sales process, like a sales funnel. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking. About... I'm looking at right now. Let's say somebody's watching this. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen before you were doing some specials and you're doing stuff. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm running a special right now. We're doing it. We're doing like a New Year's grand opening special, um, where you get a free gi. Your first payment is eighty nine dollars. That basically covers our cost on the gi, and then you don't pay anything till February first, and your monthly payment will be one hundred and thirty four dollars a month. That's a six-month contract, and after that, you're locked in at $134 for the rest of your life. It goes month to month. Wait, what? So, yeah, so like uh, you pay $89 your first payment. That gets you a free gi, and that gets you to train all the way through February 1st. And then you go to $134 a month, and that's a six-month contract of $134 a month. And, and after once that expires, you're month to month. But you get you're locked in at $134 whether it's today or 5 years from now. I'm not raising your rates. That's pretty cool cuz um, I know some gyms that still raise rates after x many years. So, yes. wow, that's that's pretty incredible. That's that's remarkable. That's definitely a good thing. And you're saying that goes till February is when the deal is through or how uh, long is we're- it going? No, um, you your eighty nine dollars mm-hmm. um, pays for your first month. So if you get in here right now, your your that eighty nine dollars covers you through February. But we're only going to run this for two weeks. Two weeks because it's weeks. such a huge deal that there's no way we can. Uh, you know they go, no, they go no. we can't afford, we can't <laughs> afford to do this. Anymore. But I'm serious. Like if we had, if we ran this forever, we couldn't afford to keep our doors open. But we want to get people in here and talking and you know. Because we we also have a referral program where like if you refer one person you get a free rash guard you refer a second person you get a free gi you refer a third person you get a free month you refer a fir- fourth person you get a free month and a private lesson from me that's and then if you if you refer ten people you get a lifetime free membership at our gym so if you can get ten people to sign up with us you get a lifetime free membership because you know how expensive it is to to pay for like Google AdWords if I have somebody who's doing that for me basically my in house Google AdWords and they're just out there on the street selling people about jujitsu, dude. I love it. Well, you know what it is too. It's is it's. They're also when people are actually recommending your school, it's a compliment, and mm-hmm. it's also your students start to vet for you, because your students yeah. start to look at other people and go like, "That guy's cool. I want him to do jujitsu. I want her to do jujitsu." You know, and that's like some of the hard parts is when you get those people and you you know them on the first day where you go. Yeah, we're really not going to see you again, are we? <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, it's just not a good fit, and I understand. You know, CrossFit gym over there. There's a you know different uh, pickup league that's over there. It totally happens. It's totally understandable. But like when you have your students going out there and then actually doing that to get ten people, that's a that's a really good deal. So okay, good. I just wanted to do the math because I was trying to figure out exactly how much eighty nine dollars gets you right now. So I thought what I would do. Because I'm literally just going to put it into Google and see what $89 would get me just for anything. Because now I have this technology and I'm just curious. So if I put in, let's say, $89.99, right? Because taxes and whatever. Uh, It tells me I would get a brand new television, a Scepter HD Class 3270p. So for the cost of... Kindle people right like th- these are the Oxford shoe this is the fucking shit that you can get or you can get one month of jiu-jitsu and then lock you can your change room. your life I mean uh, to be honest like I know because you have this podcast your life has been forever changed yeah. by jiu-jitsu so for $89 you can change your habits and change your life 
make new friends, get healthy, not be winded when you walk up the stairs, um, you know, and begin to feel a part of something and look forward to getting up in the morning and look forward to, to getting to uh, at the end of work what you're going to do and not get sucked into sitcoms and uh, watching other people have a great time. Like I, I trip out. We have a bar across the right. Like right now I'm in my office and uh, I can turn. I don't think it'll be a great view, but um, there's a bar right across from us. And I was teaching a private lesson at 8.30 this morning, and I saw people starting to get it, walk into the bar. And I'm just like, so what are they doing? I know football playoffs are happening. Sure. I don't know much about football. But I'm just looking at that, and I'm like, so you're going to give up your day to watch other men live out their dreams. Like, meanwhile, I'm here living out mine. Like, go and do something. I know it's really super judgmental, but, like, go find, like, that thing how much they love football, you need to find what you love. If jiu-jitsu is it, fantastic. If mountain climbing is it, great. Whatever it is. But, like, don't be a spectator yeah. in life. Go live your life. I remember I used to get the a group of my friends together to watch football on Sundays. And I liked yeah. that. I liked getting together. I didn't mind taking a couple of days off, and I was training jiu-jitsu. And then as I really, like, loved it more and more, I just found myself saying, like, I can't go to B-dubs, watch football, and then go train. And that started outweighing itself to me where I was like, no, on Sundays, that's an open mat. That's an extra opportunity to get better. That's an extra yeah. opportunity to try out the stuff. You know, if you're being a little scientist in a corner, figuring out your game and your chemistry, you missing a day worth of data just feels like, ah, I'm going to miss out. So I, I distinctly remember a day of just being like, yeah, this is fun. This was my day off. But I would rather be here. So it's, it's crazy to tell people uh, for and, at first until they realize, oh, wait. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I um, I mean, I don't want to be like too hard on people, but at the same time, I do. And uh, I know it's unpopular. I'm not saying that this is a, a situation where you either watch football or or you do you follow your dreams. Like, yeah. I understand that, that you can do both. But for most people, it doesn't turn into that. And, you know, the other thing is, is that when you go to sleep at night, did you earn that sleep, you know, and like sitting in front of at a bar, uh, the, the bar that's across from me and, you know, drinking beer and eating fried food and then going to bed. You didn't earn that sleep yeah. each day. You got to earn it. And so that's why I tell people, you know, get fall in love with something and do it. And, you know, it, whether it's jujitsu, you know, jujitsu is not right for everyone, like you said, um, or it's a spin class or whatever. Just go out and do it. And to be perfectly honest, your version of that answer is way uh, nicer than Casey Halstead, who basically will say, yeah, I don't care if you're watching another sport. If you're watching another sport and you care about that, don't come here. And it's <laughs> funny because uh, if you're in jiu-jitsu and you, you love it, you know what he means. Yeah. And you know that it's like you're going to prioritize another sport over your love then this really isn't your love. It's something you do on the side. I want people who are going to be here. And so, you know, it's funny because I'll tell Casey, you know, I'll be like, yo, dog, I want to see a couple games. Like, yeah, I'm not trying to like lose jujitsu, but how dare you? And it's always funny because it's like, you know, Casey's the guy where when I show up in Vegas, I think the last time I was out that way, I was just barely able to make it out to an open mat. And uh, he sees me walking in and he goes, you motherfucker, if you weren't going to show up and I saw you in my town, I was going to be pissed at you. And I'm like, you yeah. know, this is the guy who you want motivating you. This is the guy yeah. that you want 
uh, to keep you accountable. So I see why he's done very, very well for his thing. But I was like, I'm not one of your goons. <laughs> like, I, like, dog, it's cool. And he's just like, no, 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 no. He goes, I want you here. I know you're around. I watch. I yeah. see. And I'm like, I appreciate that. So I, I get where that, that sentiment you know, is coming from. Underneath that all, he's saying, I want you to improve yourself. Mm. You know, and uh, it's hard, though, when you're on vacation. But every day you're on the mat, you're improving yourself. And you're, you're teaching yourself. Even if it's a soft day, like you're still like, how deep can I dig? How deep can I dig? How like how much can I go? And that's an important thing for us to learn for mental toughness that we carry on in every aspect of our life. Well, don't get me wrong. I'm glad I'm sitting down for this interview because uh, yeah. I went to go earn my day today, and uh, my legs are a little bit of jello after wrestling today. So you know I'm not going to be able to move off of this chair at least on air. Uh, yeah. I'm going to make sure the cameras are off and we've run credits and I'm out because uh, it's there. But just to let you guys know, it's $89 to go ahead and change your life. Or if you wanted the update, it is the Kindle Paperwhite for $89. Ooh. So you can read about other people changing their lives, uh, which is dope as well, but maybe not what uh, you're looking for. The other question I had for you that I wanted to take you down because I wanted people to know about that. But how, how difficult is it because you're still putting out DVDs as this is coming out? So when did you find the time to film that even as you know you're transitioning more to opening a gym and what was that experience like? Um, the, filming a DVD for me is really easy. Um, it takes me about, I think that lockdown DVD took me about two and a half hours to shoot because I have taught those lessons thousands of times. Um, so when Eddie opened uh, not the Bomb Squad, but Legends, which was our... Mm -hmm. We were at the Bomb Squad, which was a Muay Thai gym. And then we moved just down the street to Legends, which was a full MMA gym. And um, he was inundated with students. And so I started... He said, look, I can't handle if a bunch of beginners show up to my class. So you need to give uh, lessons to all the beginners. And in the lessons, he wanted me to teach uh, the old school, the half and half, the electric chair, and so forth. So... The lessons that I've shown in that DVD, like verbatim, I have said, I don't know, 2,000, 3,000 times, you know, outside leg in, inside leg under, whip up, get up to your elbow, ankle to ankle, heel to butt, get up to your knees, drive your head through. Like, so for me to find time, it was pretty easy be, just because I've done it so much. So you guys, if you buy that DVD, you get the benefit of um, years of me doing the same thing and refining it the words that I use to teach those movements. That's dope because I'll tell you this. And again, maybe this is giving a little bit too much into my day to day. Um, but I had a friend who, you know, I started 10th planet, um, when I first started my jujitsu journey. So day one, I was getting leg locked. I was, I was like, I had the kitchen sink just thrown at me and it was just, all right, thrive. And I was like, Oh man, this is just a different way they do it. This is cool. This is dope. I like it. And so I had somebody uh, who I was working with in lockdown and they asked me a question and it was like knocking out an acorn in an old tree that just like one thing dropped and I go, oh, right. Yeah, I did the Oh, geez. Like what? I was like, dude, I haven't I haven't done this part of my game in a decade, dude. I don't I barely remember this, but I know instinctually I'm supposed to go here and here. So uh, right when we were interviewing, I was like, I got to probably why. That DVD, because I got to go back and start redoing my lessons on that, because it is a great tool, and I, I feel like it's funny that 
what I was telling my friend today was I feel like stuff that I saw in lockdown has evolved so much. Yeah. Because when I saw it, it was 2009. And when I was doing okay. it there, I was like, okay, I have a basic understanding of it so that it'll carry me through for a while. When I see people do it to me who are still in the 10th planet system or even outside of it, I'm like, no, their understanding is way more complex than mine is or was at that time. All right. The great thing, too, about this DVD is I did some gi entrances to it as well. So that you, so for those gi players who feel like, man, this can't, this isn't going to work because of the slip. We, I don't have the slip factor. Mm -hmm. I'm able to do that. What 10th planet did you start at? Uh, I started at 10th planet uh, Burbank. So oh, yeah. I live okay. out in North Hollywood. So this is, this is the weirdest aspect of everything. Um, you know, I was the guy who I'm sure people looked at and they're like, this kid's not going to stay with it. And uh, I remember being there, and it was about the time I think Elder was there. Um, oh, yeah. He wouldn't nice remember challenge. that, though. Uh, but for a split second, I was there when it was HQ because the transition yes. was happening. So I was yes. just around for that time. But the people who I saw come in there, even when I was coming just very, very loosely at the time, um, I just remembered being like, wow, this talent's so good. This talent's so good. And much like you, at a different juncture of your life, I said I like this, but I also want to know the game. Yeah. For my own journey, I was like, dude, I have, I can't learn both. I feel like I'm going to miss out. And uh, I was more so of the, the thing of like, I was like, man, I really do like this, but I really am curious about how to work the game. So I sometimes have like little little moments where I'll just remember back to like somebody showing me something. Uh, back in 2009 and being like, what? Wow, right, right. No, I did this really well then. And they'll be like, can you teach it? No, no, no. It's it's in there somewhere, though. I just got to instinctively do it. But yeah, that was that was the beginning of my journey back in 2009. I'm thinking in 2009, that's when um, we lost Legends and we were... Uh, did we go to from that headquarters? We went back to Hollywood on Santa Monica Boulevard. Yes. Okay. So then that's when, um, like Chuck Liddell was still, you'd show up and maybe he was in Burbank. And uh, I'm trying to think of what other MMA said. Well, Joe was still training. Yeah. Joe Rogan. Um, who else? I know it was hard for me to make it out there. I lived uh, on like Fairfax and Pico. So getting out to Burbank was well, that. People don't know traffic in L.A. <laughs> unless you live here, but it may look on a map like maybe like 12 miles, but in reality, it's like two and a half hours. So the the impulse for me was I was working at NBC over in Burbank, and I was just starting to do my entertainment uh, sort of side of my career, and I was very excited about it. But I want you know when you like just start a job and you're like, I got to knock it out of the park, but yeah. then you start to realize you're like, no, nah, but I'm not working out as much. I really want to try to stay fit. So I remember I went over day one over to uh, 10th Planet Burbank and I didn't need any selling. I was like, I know what I want. I want to do this. And I just remember on site being like, I don't need a trial day. I know this is it. And uh, it was unfortunate because at that time I, I had other things like family members uh, being sick. So I was like, I can't come to do it. And it was so far because I was living out in Austin Heights at that time. So oh, wow. I would literally go train there. By the time I'd get home, I'd sit through a whole bunch of traffic, die sleeping, wake up in yeah. the morning, rinse and repeat. 
And I was like, as soon as I live out closer this way, I'll be back. And so the nice thing is for me, um, at my home gym, you know, it became like a, a resource that I had this other experience that I was yeah. like, oh, hey, I think they kind of like to do it like this, or here's a way to adjust what you might do that's kind of 10th planety. Um, and then ultimately, one thing that was really nice was, I want to say after two or three years of just like consistently being back and really getting immersed in it, I made sure to go back and visit at Burbank just because I wanted to be uh-huh. like, none of these people remember me. It doesn't matter. Uh-huh. I just, I really always try to support those people who laid the bricks that uh, they may not know or they may not remember. But I was like, yeah. I remember being here and I remember being stubborn and paying for months. I wasn't even there because I was like, I'm not, not coming back to this. You know, I was talking about that earlier about the, the people who pay and aren't here because I was training my sales uh, person mm-hmm. yesterday and she, you know, I said, we're not like Bow, well, Bally's doesn't exist anymore, but 24 hour fitness or LA fitness. I want everyone to show up. I don't want members who, who are just on a repeat uh, payment and they don't realize it and they're not here, but I'm still getting their money. Mm-hmm. It's like I want them to be in love with jujitsu. I'm not here to have them. Uh, uh, just to collect a paycheck. I want them to see how great jujitsu is. Yeah. And that was the hard part is I was, I was so stubborn that I was like, if I don't pay, then I don't have the incentive to make myself come back. And yeah. so I was like, no. And it's, so it's funny when, you know, on the other side now, you hear exactly what you're talking about when you help out with people or you're helping out gyms and they're like, oh, those people who don't pay. I was like, hey, you know, every once in a while, they're a me. And when yeah. they show up, then you can't get rid of them. So, you know, you got to you, pick your poison. You can never judge. You know, you, you started with like, ah, oh, you know, those people who aren't going to stick around. Yeah. And it's like, for the most part, I can. But there's been some people who just shocked the hell out of me. Oh, okay. And they're still chugging along. And, and they're like guys I gave their first privates to. And, and I was like, man, there's no way this guy's staying in it. And now they're getting their black belts. And I'm like, man, you know, uh, <laughs> it's crazy. So, you know, you don't know why people come in here. And you don't know what they're made of until like you know three or four years later and then there's some people are just really uh blossom well that's the whole thing is i always i always make sure that if people leave they better have a good reason to leave so it's always like you know hey man if you don't like this just tell me the reason why and we're good but it's usually of like if i if i spot something in somebody and i go i think you're lying and i play poker pretty well so i know when you're bluffing and if I think well, that you're bluffing, I'll give you some shit about it. Let's be, I'm going to, the main, I mean, look, there's some reasons people quit that are super legit, which would be like, hey, I have eight hernia discs in my back and I'm about to be in a wheelchair. Yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. Um, or I'm moving. But most people leave because they stop feeling like they're making progress. Yeah. What, they're not excited to come to the gym. They feel like they're using the same game every single day and it's getting them the same results. And so people fall out of love because they see it as monotonous. And so, yeah. you know, I think it's, a, it's an academy instructor's job and their training partner's job to be showing them things that will help them improve so that every time they come in, they see improvement. They want to keep coming back. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, uh, I, I, I don't feel like you'll have I mean, obviously, you'll have some of that. But one of the things that I've had the benefit of in taking your seminar. I like the way you teach. I like your style. And I like the ability to speak with those who can speak both languages. You know, uh, that's why, you know, somebody like me, when I say, hey, who's rolling gi or no gi? I'm always the person who goes, I don't care. We just need to train. And I don't care who or how or why. 
I have my Iron Man suit in my bag at all times. So I'm I'm ready to go. Until I get nanotechnology that just puts a gi on me, uh, then we'll be there. But um, You know what? We first need to figure out how to make pants that don't untie. So, <laughs> I mean, that's like, uh, we're pretty far from, from the nanotechnology. Well, I also, I went to go to Van Nuys' open mat on, uh, on Friday, and I was attacking a leg lock on a buddy who just goes, hey, man, it's only because you have these gi pants. And I was like, I didn't listen, dude. I, I'm trying to. I can't please everybody. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's not my hey, fault. Hey, Eddie rolls with gi pants. Well, no one's gonna tell Eddie that he only got that because he had some gi pants. They'll tell me that. Right. But so I, you I should just say I'm, I'm at Tenth Planet. I'm following Eddie's uniform. Well, you know what the weird part is. Um, even though I started Tenth Planet, um, and I'm an occasional guest star at places, I never try to overstay my welcome. So I just kind of eat the joke and be like, "Shut up." Pass my guard yeah. or something. That was your fault. Uh, and I was like, no, no, no. I can't say that much because, uh, you know, at some point they're going to be like, Raph, can you leave? Yeah. Because uh, we're, we're kind of tired of you. You've overstayed. Yeah, you've overstayed. You're welcome. But um, you know what's exciting, though? You've got all these things. You've got the – but that's not the only DVD. You've got the lockdown DVD. What are the other ones that you have? Because I think I have a – Yeah, I have the, – the first one I came out with was Side Control Escapes. I picked that specifically because that's, one, if you look at the marketplace, there's not a lot of info out there about side control escapes. Um, and two, because people really haven't turned it into a system. Um, and so I tried to systematize it. And so I came out with uh, some uh, side escape DVD. And then I did a mount um, and a guard passing. So my whole thing is I try and pick stuff people are really bad at. Um, and so that... I can help them. We, you know, we have to take our weaknesses and turn them into our strengths. So if you can treat being on bottom inside control like your strength, like I know I'm going to get back to guard from here. I know I'm going to reverse this guy. Then suddenly you start to feel, you know, unbreakable on the mat. So I, I'm like toying with what I'm going to do for my next DVD. And I'm thinking that it's going to be dealing with the knee slice pass. Because most people feel pretty helpless when their opponent starts to knee slice them. And I'm going to do super late stage, medium stage, early stage. That's dope. Because, yeah, I've, I've given up more than a fair share of, like, eh, it's just not worth it. Let's just let's battle them in a different place. So I, I know that one well. We have a fan question over here. This is from Friday Chavez over from 10th Planet Van Nuys, who just said this is for oh. both Brent and Raf. Uh, I believe he actually took your your seminar. What yeah, I think he did. Yeah. Would be your best advice for those who are considering cross training between gi and no gi. Um, I I have some advice for that. Don't no. Kidding. <laughs> I um, I think you need to use the movements that are appropriate for each. So one of the things that people do is they go, oh, I'm good at no gi. And I have a game in no gi, and I'm going to put on the gi, and then they use the exact same game they were using in no gi and the gi. And I'm like, well, what was the point? You know, you just changed clothes, but you're using the same thing. So learn the gi game. Learn how to do collar chokes. Learn how to play lasso guard, spider guard, all the all of the different things that don't exist in no gi. Otherwise, well, you know, you're you're wasting your time. You're just doing an extension of no gi with more friction. Um, I don't know that I have any more insight to you, but I can tell you one fun uh, thing that I do is um, I usually train Nogi in the mornings with a couple of my friends over at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. And mm -hmm. I'll tell you, I miss my lapels sometimes. I miss yeah. my, my collars. But 
what I do is the next time I go train, and sometimes I'm lucky enough to train at night in the gi. And going back and forth very quickly between the two makes my brain work faster. And so yeah. when I don't have that X guard and I don't have that lapel to bring down in no gi, you better believe that night I make sure to make that a priority to say, if I get to X guard, I have to make use of that lapel. And I make it a personal mission that even if the two uh, games can be different, one of the things that I like to do is find the connecting tissue where, oh man, I really wanted to make that work, but now I have this gi lasso guard. And even though they mm -hmm. may not necessarily always cross apply, Sometimes they teach you that movement of like, oh, I can't do a lasso guard in nogi, but if I move my knee this way, it does open them up maybe for an underhook to come underneath, or maybe um, I can start to try to sweep them a different way. So yeah. I, I'm a huge proponent of, you know, if you have the ability to train both in a day, utilize that as much as possible and really be conscious of what you're training and what you're specifically trying to do. And you said awesome thank you guys before I finish saying my my spiel. I just finished now and we got awesome thank you guys. We hear me all the way out first, Dick. <laughs> Freddie's a sweetheart right. though. I can't yell at him. Yeah. But anyway, um, well that's good stuff, dude. I mean, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what you're putting out there. Um, I know that when you raise your killers, uh, they will be. Uh, vastly, vastly good at both. Will you be teaching both in gi and no gi at your academy? Yeah, you know the thing is, is there's a couple pieces of jujitsu, and I'm gonna try and cover them all. And so there's the, obviously there's the gi and the no gi, um, but then there's the sporting and then the self defense. And so I'm struggling with getting a handle on balancing all of them so that people come out of here well-rounded. So usually academies are good at one to two of those, right? Yeah. Maybe they're a great gi sporting place or, you know, they're a great, uh, there's not too many no gi self-defense places, but no, uh, gi self-defense or no gi sporting, but they don't have gi. And I want to be able to get all of those um, because I think it's important that you learn all pieces of the game. Uh, and the other thing is, is you better know how to fight when you leave here because this is a fighting art. And I think we've gotten pretty, and you know, I'm going to be like the old, the old guard that talks like we've gotten pretty damn far away from fighting mm -hmm. and where you show up to a class and they don't show a takedown. They don't show, you know, and I'm like, man, people walked in when they first walked in the door, they'd watch. Do you curse on this show or no? Yeah, you can curse. It's okay. kind of, uh, I mean, I've, I've cursed like multiple times, so okay. it'd be really bad um, for me. They, right. They walk they walk in the gym and they're like, I want to learn how to fucking fight. And then you're like, well, hold up. Like, let me show you how to stall out and score a, an advantage point. Yeah. You know, and, and then it, they're like, okay. And some of them kind of just... We, we do the bait and switch, mm -hmm. and then they, they kind of learn how to fall in love with jiu-jitsu, even though they walked in learning, wanting to learn how to fight. But I think it's really important people learn how to fight. People have different jobs. Every day, I have another career um, that I work during the daytime. I run a drug rehab. I'm uh, the clinical director for a, a, uh, an inpatient facility. And um, I have situations, not every day, but at least twice a week, where a fight could be imminent. Hmm. Um, just be, you know, you're dealing with people who are under the influence and you're kicking them out or something like that. And they're getting crazy. 
And we don't know everyone's jobs, you know, and so I feel like we do jujitsu does a disservice to people who just want to finish their end of shift and get home yeah. by teaching them things that they're not that aren't going to help them when they walk through the door trying to learn those things. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm I'm really, uh, you know, I'm hoping to raise some killers and I'm also really hoping I mean, killers is whatever to me. Well-rounded jujitsu players. Not everyone can be a killer. You get a 34 year old guy with. No, like very little athletic experience. He's not going to go win the world. But what I want to do is help him maximize his potential, teach him how to deal with discomfort, help him grow in his uh, discipline and his feelings of confidence, and teach him if he were, if someone were to, you know, uh, try to hurt him out in public or his family members, he'd be able to handle that situation with confidence. That is that is a very good goal, and again, one you're right. We don't necessarily talk about a ton because uh, a lot of focus is put on the sport of jujitsu aspect of most things. Um, but yeah, it's dude, the sport is exciting. Yeah. Um, the thing the thing is is just teaching self defense can be boring because once you learn a bunch of the things, it's like you're just rehashing it. You don't want self defense to be complicated mm. because if it's complicated, um, you know, in the spur of the moment when your life depends on it, you're not going to be able to pull it off. So you want it to be simple. So it's not flashy. It's not exciting. And sometimes it's repetitive. Sure. But um, it's something that's necessary. And so I, I don't want to just like ignore it because it doesn't have all the flash that the other things have. That's fair. So I'm going to be selfish here for a second uh, because I want to ask this. You and I got to know each other because you were doing seminars and you came out our way in the valley. Uh, mm -hmm. with the focus of your new gym, and I didn't know if you were still keeping your, your daytime job as well, so you're balancing multiple things. Will you still be doing seminars? Will you have the time to do that? I always got time to make money. So, uh, <laughs> yes, I have a partner here at my gym. He's also uh, he's a black belt in the gi, and he's a brown belt in 10 planets. So, you know, if I'm not here one day, um, he, he's here every day with me, but uh, he'll be able to cover for me. So, yeah, I'm still doing seminars. I don't Excellent. have any lined up right now because you know i made this my priority absolutely but but as soon as i do you know i'll blast it out there well please do because uh you know i still try to emulate a lot of the stuff that you taught it was you did a great job of going through it and and being so detail oriented so i would hate for other people to not have the opportunity that i had uh and then some and then again selfishly i want to come on another seminar pretty soon so that's kind of what i want to make sure that people know is able to happen and uh still possible but of course you're out in your belinda now so if people are interested where is it about located um we're off of the 91 in imperial so we're we're right i can from my uh what, I can't find my words. Parking lot. I can see the freeway from there. So the 91 and Imperial, basically where the 5 and the 91 meet, I'm just a little bit east of there. So I straddle uh, Anaheim Hills, and we debated what to name our place because we're in an unincorporated part, so it's not quite Yorbalinda, not quite Anaheim Hills. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know that part well. My sister lives out that way, so... Uh, well, the bar I'm looking at is the Canyon Inn. It's been here forever, so I don't know I, if you know that bar. I do. I mean, not okay. Like I'm, in, I'm in there. I'm in there. You, you know of it. I'm. Uh, it was on Bar Rescue twice. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The most glowing way to make sure that people are like, well, it's a three-time honorary recipient of Bar Rescues. Couldn't quite make it award. 
Uh, well, that show is that show's such a it's it's a fake show. I, I was talking to the bar owner. Um, well, not about that specifically, but all some other people. Let's say I was talking to other people about it, and it's just they put things up and then they just take them down. Sp- Business consulting can't happen in a weekend. Spoiler alert, people! Reality yeah. TV will play up things to dial up your human emotions and use them against don't, you. Don't tell me Ninety Day Fiance is not real, yo. My wife watches that show too much, and it's not contagious, but it's to the point where I know too much about stupid people's lives that I wasn't trying to learn about. I love, I'm gonna, you know, I can try and blame my wife for that, but I, (laughs) like, I love the, uh, that show, man. It is, it is hilarious to watch people in delusion. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna jujitsu story related is there was a guy I don't want to use names or anything but he was an older guy uh, and by older I mean maybe late fifties mm-hmm. and he went to Brazil you know it's it's it used to be a thing that there wasn't a lot of great jujitsu here in America mm-hmm. and you had to go to Brazil if you wanted to like you know that was the the homeland and you needed to do a, a pilgrimage mm-hmm. so he went to his his pilgrimage in his mid fifties. <laughs> And he met this, you know, gorgeous Brazilian girl who's in her 20s and beautiful. And she fell in love with him, of course. And so she moved out here to the States with him and he got married to her. And then literally to the day, I forget if it's three years or two years you have to be married mm-hmm. in order for you uh, to get divorced and get to keep your, your uh, right to stay here. As So the Brazilian girl waited. And then on the day... That she that she was able to leave him and stay in the country, she did. Uh, like, I mean, come on, dude. Like you, whatever. So I love watching that show, that delusion. It's hysterical to me, and uh, I I know somebody who's gone through it, and uh, that's his issue, not mine. But man, this is a great show. I don't. I, I'm not going to put it on my wife. I'll take full responsibility. Good on you. It is 100% my wife's fault. I remember the first time I saw it, I go, this show would be better if it was 90 Day Beyonce. I would watch that show. <laughs> but I also, whenever she comes in, I can tell I need to walk away from a show when I found I've yelled too much at the TV. Oh, man. And uh, that's, that's the moment where, like, I'm usually in between training, so I'm usually going or coming. And I see it on the TV, and I see her watching, and she's like, babe, it's your favorite. And I was like, I hate these people. I hate every single one of them. I think they're all stupid. And then sure enough, there's like, there's always a foreign woman who's saying something like, yeah, but I love him, but like, I have to go away because he no love me. And I go, no, I don't think that's the case. I think you just wanted some citizenship, and I think at the time the clock's running uh, a little deep for you. So my my favorite is the ones that like in the earlier seasons, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the girls weren't weren't having sex with the dudes. Yes, they would come here and they'd be like, "Oh, like I'm gonna wait to marriage to have sex," and I'm like, "Man, like how low have you fallen as like a desperate dude that you're getting this mail order girl, and or, you know whatever, and like they're still you get them here to America." And you've given them everything they want, and they're still stringing you along. I'm mm-hmm. like, and these guys are like, no, no, they're they've got a great heart, and and they're just, I'm just like, oh, <laughs> I, I got some. I, I can sell you the Eiffel Tower, or some beachfront property in Arizona. Hey, you know what? They're the people that you should uh, definitely be like. Listen, I know you don't do jujitsu, but I've got some DVDs that you should just have. So buy yeah. them, and you $2, know, thousand dollars a piece. <laughs> 
because I, I again uh, the minute I hear some somebody literally get into what I call the reality TV show fight uh, mm-hmm. kind of music that they put in the background, I just always oh. go no no no, and they always have that weird saw that they use. Where when real big drama's happening and you hear, and I go, oh, no, someone's about to go down. Um, If you want something fun that makes fun of all of this, it's my new favorite everything. It's uh, the real bros of Simi Valley. And it makes fun of a lot of these tropes. Have you seen Wait, I seen I saw, like, a little thing on YouTube, and I didn't realize, is it, like, a show or is it just a YouTube thing? So it was YouTube, but now it's moved to Facebook. And uh, the first, I think the big thing that everybody saw that has made me laugh to no avail, I I keep talking about it to people, uh, but the thing is, is like one of the bros wants to fight with one of the babies. Yeah, the baby's looking at him. And he looks at him and he goes, yo, Xander's been my boy for like since seventh grade. But like, what, this kid of his, he's only known him for what, like a year? (laughs) <laughs> and like just when he's like turns at this baby and goes yo i'm about to fight your baby bro and i'm like i can't this is too good and and the thing that that nails me so perfectly is the females who make the oh no like they're everybody plays a part in uh, making it so great so if you guys haven't seen that go watch real bros of simi valley it is it is very funny that is my recommendation um Brett, I'm going to be very honest with you. I did not know we were going to make it to 90 Day Fiance, but my wife is going to love this interview the most out of any I've done recently. So I, um, to you. I've got other reality show stuff. I, I did go to elementary school, Paris Hilton. So that was very exciting. All right. Um, we got to hold on this. Why have you never brought this up to me before? <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I put it on my resume usually. It's somewhere. I think it's on my bio on my website for uh, Hibera Jiu-Jitsu. Everyone, but... When, when um, Paris Hilton is becoming a thing in like 2003, 2004, and yeah. that's hot as a thing, and uh, she's on every sort of TV show or program, what is going through your mind as you're watching that then? <sighs> I don't, man, I don't know how X-rated I can get. Um, a lot of things are going through my mind. I couldn't believe it. Um, like, hey, there, here's this girl I went to school with, um, and I knew she was part of the Hilton family. But the thing is, is there were so there's so many wealthy, famous uh, children of right. Sure. So there's there's I'm sure the Marriott has a kid, and uh, like every other, there's probably a Four Seasons <laughs> child, and a, you know, so like why her? But um, it tripped me out. I have a one of my buddies dated both her and Nikki Ritchie. It was when they didn't have the show or anything. It was when they were in high school. He, yeah, but um, the uh, it tripped me out because I remember being about 18. It was the summer of 1998, and we were in the in the market, and my buddies were like, hey, check this out. Maybe, maybe it was not, yeah. And she had posed naked inside her house, inside of her grandma's house or whatever. She was wearing, not naked, but a, a completely see-through outfit sure. in her, in her, in their room. And I was like, what is she doing? And why does Vanity Fair care about this? But, um, and then from there, I was just, uh, you know, I got lost in the, I can't believe our lives ever intercepted, but our lives couldn't be more different. I was driving down Robertson, um, which is uh, in a Beverly Hills, LA area. Uh, it goes through both. And um, she was walking down the street and the paparazzi were following her. 
and I saw her and then I was driving this beat to shit Honda Civic driving to teach jujitsu lessons so that I could pay for graduate school. And I was thinking, man, our lives could not like you can start from like the same exact place and just die two you know, roads diverge. And and now like her life, I was just recently watching that there was a reality show thing on Netflix about mm. her mm-hmm. and uh, and I was looking at her giant mansion and her Pomeranians and stuff. And I was like, man, like it's crazy to me how how different our lives have gone. You know, not that I was the heir to anything, but, you know, people don't realize this is, yes, her grandfather had a lot of money, but her father did not. And the father was kind of cut off from the family and had to start his own real estate company, um, Hilton Highland. So people think she grew up as like this big time billionaire. She grew up as a millionaire, but not more than a lot of other kids. And lo and behold, now she, you know, she is who she is. And I'm scraping up money to cover my Home Depot credit card <laughs> i mean <laughs> so, i mean no no no, no i don't want to woe is me i'm just it's saying not it's not a just, woe is me i'm just no no it's I like, just insane I like the that joke how concept lie, that yeah. you're going for here but yeah. i want to make it very clear uh, i've there's one person between you and her that i want to interview and it's not her so i'll i'll make that very clear because uh you know it's it's tough the the type of line of questioning that i like to do is about akin as uh watching david letterman interview her and uh, I've seen that interview, and it does not go well for her. At least with you, it's like, oh, you do something cool. You do jiu-jitsu, and you teach people, and that's pretty dope. And you also have a whole entire life that you do outside of this. And uh, with Paris Hilton, it's like, you were in a Carl's Jr. ad I saw once. That was interesting. Yeah, dope. she has a bunch. I guess she has a bunch of followers, and I forget what they're called. They're Hilton something or others. And, <laughs> and um, that's kind of her life now. I mean, look, here's the thing about her is good for good on her like i don't i i like she probably wouldn't even remember me i'm just another dude who went to school it was a small ass school but you know what i mean life's been crazy for her since then and she's met a thousand million people but um like she took nonsense nothing and turned it into something and now she now she has a bunch of money that's her own well i think the other part whatever man we mentioned how reality shows play up certain elements of it she was one of the first people to play up the extravagance aspect of it yeah. and so as you mentioned with her background of being like i mean she has money but she doesn't have like money money back then well no that's the whole reason why she was playing a rich person in these extreme environments so that yeah. then when you see it you go oh man rich people are crazy am i right it's a good thing my life is so normal eh. yeah well it, yeah it it, it that stuff makes people feel better about themselves. Yeah. These stupid rich girls don't know how to pump their own gas. Yeah. They, yes, they do. Yeah. And um, but but you know, and I'm better than them. Yeah. And it's like, well, no one's better than anyone. I mean, I guess I'm better than some people. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her and and hey, like Nikki Richie. That's the other thing is people would watch that and be like, oh my god, that's Lionel Richie's kid. And it's like, well, first she's not Lionel Richie's kids. I don't know how much is public about her. Is it public? She's well, I don't want to make it. Anyway, um, but like, uh, she didn't have a lot of contact with Lionel. Like, they didn't have a great relationship, and and you know, and it's like, oh, this girl who grew up in Hollywood, da, 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 da. it's like she was raised by her mom. Yeah. And, but but it made people feel good to see like, oh, her and them them, like, dude, I would look like crap uh, out on a farm, and you know what I mean? <laughs> like, anyone who hasn't been on a farm, everyone looks stupid trying something for the first time. Yeah. 
I can't believe we've taken this turn, but yeah. Well, here's the thing. I'm glad it's now on videotape forever because uh, it'll be crazy if in several months we, we do a thing again or we interview again. And I don't have that in the back of my mind that goes, I have further questioning now. I've had time to think about this new information. Um, or you're just going to find a new reality show to fall in love with. Because if you don't like 90 Day Fiance, they've got about 40 more of those. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, There's like a Before the 90 Days, which mm-hmm. I've watched. Oh, there's a bunch of them. They've got like essentially shows that might as well just be called, Oops, did I get married? Yeah. No, <laughs> Love at First Sight. Exactly. Right, married at first. Married, married at first sight. Sorry, that's one of them. Yep. Oh, I'm all, dude. I'm all in on that show. <laughs> I'm a I'm a marriage and family therapist, so that's like I'm a clinical director, but that's you know my credentials. Marriage, so I just love watching TV therapists and stuff because it, it's awful, but it's like watching if you're a cop and watching a TV cop show, and you're that's like, fair. this is absurd. Same thing for me when I watch TV therapists or anything. Everyone always fucks their therapist on TV, which really pisses me off. Because that's illegal and all that kind of stuff, and then people come into the therapy room thinking, like, not with me because no, you know. But I, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if some, you know, somebody comes in and just goes, "Well, this is part of the therapy I thought we were gonna do today," and you're just like, "No, no, no, it's not that kind of therapy." Thank you, though. Right. <laughs> right. You know, TV. So I, I get sucked into that stuff really fast. I just, just wish that just you were able to, to clock in hours. That you would be like, oh, you know, you need to keep so many hours to to be current. You're like, well, I've put in a lot of TV hours, and I'm oh, my continuing education that. units, yeah. <laughs> well, I did I did watch Ninety Day Fiance, so I'll just turn that into the board. Absolutely, Brent. This has been an excitingly amazing conversation. Let's do a recap so that everybody knows everything that's going on. Number one, if they want your DVDs and your instructionals, where do they go for that? budovideos.com and so they're available in hard DVD form and they're also available uh, digitally through their on demand beautiful okay so that is on that side Um, highly recommend please go get those if you are interested in bringing out Brent for a seminar where do you get in contact with him Um, you can get in contact through my school website actually so just go to uh, so we've abbreviated it so you don't have to misspell Hibero. So it's going to be R-J Hibero. Oh, sorry, let me start again. R-J-J-Y-L. Hibero Jiu-Jitsu Yorbalinda. R-J-J-Y-L uh, dot com. And then I answer the emails off there. So if you're interested, hit me up there. I also have social media. Um, so you can look me up on the Facebook at um, Brent Latell. And then I'm on uh, Instagram as Hibero Jiu-Jitsu underscore YL. So there's a bunch of different ways to find me. If not, just hit the Google button and you'll be able to find me somewhere. <laughs> I, you know, I always told people, I was like, I can't wait to feel I'm famous enough to be like, Google me, bitch. Yeah. Just, just do that, you know. Um, uh, so much weird stuff comes up about me because um, of my two careers. And it's like, for some reason, it says I'm a doctor in Pomona. And when for the first thing that pops up and then jujitsu stuff pops up and, but I'm the only Brent Littell pretty much. So that's, uh, it's lucky for me when people are looking for me, sure. but also un- unlucky for me. <laughs> Cause like if you're John Smith, you can kind of stay incognito on the internet. But when you're the only one, I think in America, it's very hard to. 
we just, and you know, I didn't, I told you I was going to bring this up, but we just had two people say hello. First is Jerome Basio, so hello to him. Yeah. But our good friend Chad Wesley Smith uh, mm -hmm. is saying hello. And I want to thank you for hooking me up with him because I had my, my doubts. I, I was not a firm believer. I said, why does this man need to know jiu-jitsu? He's too strong. He's too, he's too powerful for us. I don't even know what a role <laughs> like that would even look like. They don't like. even make keys that big. I mean, no, I've seen him in a gi, and he looks great in a gi. I gotta, I gotta admit that because when I saw him there, he was like, "Dude, he's all filled out," and I'm just like, "Dog, oh man, I don't, I don't want to be on bottom of that. That just seems terrible." Yeah. Could not have been a nicer interview. Loves him some beer, some craft beer. So getting to talk with him, talk shop about his podcast, his experience, and lo and behold, right after I do the interview with him. He's competing at Masters Worlds, and I got to see him crush people there. And that was yeah. fantastic. I got a great uh, – it's not a great Chad Wesley Smith story, but he's involved in it. Um, it was the most meathead moment of my life. <laughs> and um, so it was before one of the fights. It was before TJ Dillashaw fought Cody Garbond. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we he, Chad and I, and there's like this big-time YouTube personality uh, – who's a weightlifter and I can't remember his name, Bradley, something Bradley. Okay. Anyway, he's got, he's got like a million subscribers. He's good friends with the, the guy who went into the suicide forest. Um, Aaron what was the guy that went into this. You know what I'm talking about? I know who you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they're good. But anyway, so it's me, Chad and this dude and the guy says to Chad, <laughs> we're just, we're, we're like sitting around talking shop and he interrupts us and he goes, what's your favorite carb? And Chad's like, I don't know, beer. And he's like, no, food car. And he's like, uh, pizza? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, no, like macro, food car. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> what is going on here? There's there's this, this whole other level to the giants of the world that they just like, they talk carbs and stuff. I was I was like, I'm in Bizarre World. We were in the, the penthouse of the uh, – What's down? It's not the Four Seasons. It's the Ritz Carlton. Yeah, because it was like some supplement company. Was I was just tagging along, and because uh, you know they all court Chad. So, um, and then this guy comes out, and you know comes at Chad with his favorite carb, and I was like, wow, this is I've never seen a more meathead moment in my life, and I've been in a lot of locker rooms. <laughs> I uh, I think Chad just said Bradley Martin. Yeah, mm. Bradley Martin. <laughs> yeah, he's the. That was the guy with your favorite car. I was like, what the fuck is going on right now? I mean, he's a super nice guy. I mean, Bradley Martin was an awesome guy. I'm just talking about like the, that moment. I was like, oh my God, what's going on? So I have to always, whenever I'm interviewing somebody who's outside of jujitsu, you know, I always have to watch myself because I always go, oh no, I'm going to bring up jujitsu and I don't know how. So I always try to do those interviews in a very different light. Um, but the minute you do see them kind of waver around the world of MMA or like wrestling or something like that, you always see me go, oh, that's okay. That's cool. Do, do, you, do you like that? Is that something you do? Because that's pretty cool. So I always find that I'm like, everybody has their things that makes them a different person. So it wouldn't surprise me if like he just wants to be like, I don't want to like waste time, dog. I want to know what your carbs are and what are your favorite yeah. ones and tell me them. Do you have them ranked? I have them ranked. <laughs> I'll tell you them right now. Number one, pizza. Number two, yogurt. Don't ask. Number three, bananas. I don't know about that, but hey, listen, that's what I eat. Perfect. I, I myself don't have too many uh, carbs I, I can eat, but it's good. <laughs>
Well, I mean, here's the nice part. I have carbs that my training allows me to eat. So, uh, you know, yesterday I was able to, I had a very good day of training and then I literally, I went to go get a pizza and then there's a nice little uh, place. Chad, if you're listening, there's a place out here in North Hollywood. You have to come try out. It's called Hot Merchants and uh, they bring the best beers of LA and they change it out every two weeks or so. And the guys who run it, literally when I showed up there and I was just like, what do you suggest? They're like, say no more. We're going to take care of you today. And I was like, I'm, I just walked in, dog. I'm... I'm not important. I'm not anybody. I'm just, I just want a beer. And they, they, they treat you like a king, and they were so nice and such good people. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point I started doing a couple of interviews out that way. But um, I was just I was just thirsty, dude, and they, were, they couldn't have been nicer. And that always makes me happy when people are super cool like that. So there is that. So, Chad, uh, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to say this right now because Chad's saying he likes the sound of that. What I'm going to propose is we're going to table this discussion now. But I think I need to make a trip out to your Belinda, and then maybe yeah, afterwards, uh, maybe us get around to going to taste some beers, because it's very important that I take uh, grappling hour on the road, and we're looking for excuses to get out there and do some fun stuff. That'd be fantastic. Uh, I'll watch. I'll watch you taste some beers. I I live the sober life, but uh, fair enough. I I, uh, I have to practice what I preach. Well, no, that good for you. <clears throat> but yeah. I will say this. If you watch us do that, then I will make sure we have delicious food uh, to go along with that. Perfect. So I will make sure everybody is covered. <laughs> that sounds like uh, it sounds like a fantastic plan. And then I'll I'll get into my Khloe Kardashian stories because we got plenty of those. Oh, no. It's so... I know. I got to leave you the hook. No, you listen. You make me a bad journalist when I don't get to follow up with these like what, this is like we aren't a reality show this isn't a to be continued but I saw how happy you were and I was like I mean I've got those stories I got, I got a couple others but yeah we're gonna go ahead and sign off we're gonna say thank you guys thank you so much to Brent for uh, coming in I appreciate your time my man and we appreciate you guys for tuning in uh, it's been a great day for grappling and we'll see you guys next week 